0: This is Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine, the most listened to podcast for parents by parents.
1: Hey guys, thank you for listening to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine. You can help us to level up by supporting this podcast. All you have to do is go to anchor.fm and search for Backtalk by Successful Black Parenting and then hit the button that actually says support this podcast. I want you to go there now. Go, 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 go. And thank you ahead of time. Hey there, everyone, and thank you for listening to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine, the podcast talk show for parents. I'm Janice Robinson Celeste, your host and publisher of Successful Black Parenting Magazine. I want you to tell all of your friends and followers about the show. So go to our Facebook page for Successful Black Parenting and share the link with your followers right now. Go ahead, do that. Do it. We need. We need you guys to watch and let people know you are joining us. Even better, you can click the options and start a watch party. In addition, you can comment on Facebook and I will post the best comments live on air. And know that it can take a little while for your questions to populate in the backstage area. So ask any questions early. Don't wait. Know that our hashtag for the show is hashtag backtalk. So add that in there and that way I can find all your posts later on. All right. Now my special guest today is Thea Muhammad. She is an entrepreneur and founder of Raising Black Millionaires Flashcards, which I love. Her goal is to empower the poor middle-class parents and the uh, child rearing strategies of the wealthy that will raise upcoming generations to usher in and perpetuate intergenerational wealth and interdependence among black people in America and all over the world. So welcome Thea. how are you?
0: I am well, thank you so much Janice for inviting me to the show. I'm super excited about this conversation.
1: Me too. I've been looking forward to this podcast for a while to figure out how do we raise our children to be millionaires and have that mindset. I think that's like super important for generations going forward. So yeah. here's the, that's the question. How do we raise our children to be millionaires? What do we need to do as parents?
0: It's a broad question, but and <laughs> it
1: really is. <laughs> no, I'm <glad> you know,
0: <laughs> but there's so many components. Um, one of the, biggest components, and one of the reasons why I've been looking forward to this conversation, so, is because of the work that you're doing with your publication, right? Because, or the reason why that's so important is because the biggest factor is controlling the imagery that we feed our children, but why? Mm -hmm. Why is that important? Because the images that they see that represent who they are supposed to be make all the difference in how they see themselves aspiring or who they see themselves aspiring to become, um, as well as how they identify, right? How they feel about themselves, what they feel their capabilities are. So the very top, if I had to just give you one solid um, factor that was most important is grooming our children to be as super self-confident as possible. And when you hear my conversations, whether it's on the podcast um, or in the book, or even when you see the millionaires that we feature in the flashcards, you know that these people, they have the self-confidence needed to, to attain the, the statuses that they've attained. That's
1: fantastic. And I got to tell you, we started the magazine in print back in the 90s. And the reason we started it was because we didn't see too many black parents or children on the covers of, of parenting magazines or in positive imagery. So our goal was to make sure that when a toddler walked around the coffee table and our magazine was there, that you saw a positive black image, that baby saw that. And, yeah. um, you know, maybe pull it off the table. But that is what we wanted to make sure that our children saw. And it's so important, just like you said, so they can achieve. And we were just talking about that. guys before the to show how that if, you know, we need to own more media. And I was, it's, it's ironic because I was also listening right before um, getting ready for this broadcast, Byron Allen, yeah. who has heard of so many television stations. And um, my thought process was uh, you, we can't control the media if we don't own it. And here he is buying it up and he has to sue. He has to sue because of different discriminatory practices that's trying to keep him out of that. So we have to own the media in order to um, change it. And that's what I'm trying to do a little bit over here in my little modest way. But uh, we have to do that. So I'm glad you brought that up. And I want to touch on some other points later on. But let's just talk about kids that were like, like me growing up, like, uh, you know, I have a, my youngest daughter was like this too growing up. She's not better now, thank goodness. But how do you teach this to a child? How do you teach it to a child to, that doesn't like to save? And you know, the ones like me where a dollar burned their hands and, and you had to go spend it right away. Yeah. What do you got what do you say to that child and, and how do you set them up for success?
0: Well, I think there are a couple of ways. Um, one of the ways, I'm gonna just, just gonna share with you what my dad did with me, right? Um, I did not grow up in a wealthy family. I had an entrepreneurial grandmother, but that was it, right? We we were we were kind of bougie middle class <laughs> black folks, right? You know, the kind of we in my house it was a rule, we don't shop secondhand. Like it was it was that kind of mindset, right? Mm-hmm. When I became grown. <laughs> I became a divorcee, I learned the value of going to the neighborhood Goodwill mm-hmm. <laughs> and really understanding better how to maximize my dollar. But the reason I was able to accept that as a fundamental concept, the idea of maximizing my dollar, was because when I was little, my dad, I would always see him every two weeks sitting at the table with his bills laid out on the table and his checkbook and he put on his readers. And so they'd be lowered down a little bit and he'd be looking over the readers and, and through the readers and he'd be filling out checks and he would put them in the envelope with the bills and he put a stamp on them and he would sit them into the pile. And so then after he finished, he would go (laughs) to the post office and drop his bills off into the mail. Well, What did that do for me? That helped me to, one, understand that money has a purpose and a place. And our job is to properly and responsibly direct the money to where it's supposed to go. Right. But the one thing that my dad taught me, in addition to me seeing that image of him every two weeks, he we at lunchtime at our school, lunch was about two dollars per lunch. Right. And what my dad would do is every Friday he would take us to the grocery store and he would say, okay, pick out what you want to pack in your lunches for the week. And so we would go, we would go get the chips and the little Debbie snacks and the type of lunch meat we wanted and all this and that and other, the types of juices we wanted. Right. And then on Sunday night without fail, he would creep into our rooms, lay a $10 bill on the, on the dresser. And then every, every time it came to that following Friday, when we knew we were going to go to the store again, he would ask us and said, when we would ask him, dad, can you buy us such and such and such and such? He would say, well, you have money, right? I gave you money. I Just the other day, I gave you, I gave you $10. You got money, right? Well, no, dad, I spent that. Well, that's your bad. (laughs) What do you mean, dad? I had to get lunch. No, I took you to the store on Friday. I took you to the store and I told you to pick out what you wanted for your lunch. But you chose, instead of packing your lunch, when you had everything you needed to pack your lunch, you chose to spend your money. Now, what you can do is plan for next week to save your $10, right? Or if you want to just buy lunch a couple of days out of the week, save the extra money, right? And then you'll have some money for whenever we want to go to the store. What am I saying? I'm saying that he taught us the significance of properly uh, going through the process of weighing out what we wanted more. Do you want to go with just buying your lunch at the school and giving you $2 away? Or do you think it would be more wise to go ahead and choose what lunch you want, pack that in a brown paper? We had the brown paper bags, baby. We did not have no special lunch boxes like my daughter has now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Looking like a hello kitty or whoever that is on the lunch box, right? Or you can just have a sense, employ a sense of delayed gratification and then you can put your money to the side and save it and put it to a, a, a more Uh, lasting, more impressionable, a more exciting use at a later time. The other thing, if I can just drop this one little tidbit, the other way that we can help our children to see the benefit of not allowing that money to burn a hole in our pockets is to put your children in situations where they have to spend their own money. But the only way you can really do that is if you put them in situations where they can make their own money, right? So let me, let me tell you how easy that can be. My son um, decided in his sophomore year that he wanted to do something entrepreneurial on his own, right? Outside of what we were working on as a family, right? And he decided something really simple. He and his friend at school, they decided that they were going to become the school candy man, right? Legal candy, right? They wanted the slang Twix and <laughs> and Snickers and Airheads and whatnot, right? So they antied up and they came together and put their money together and bought some candy. I told him, I said, son, he was super excited the first day. He came home. I think the boy came home with like $30. So he was geeked because he made the money on his own, right? And I said, okay, son, great. So what are you going to do with that $30, right? How much money did it cost you to make that $30? And he was like, uh, I said, okay, wait, wait, wait. You got to know your numbers, son. So what you're going to have to do is remember how much it costs for you to buy that bag of candy that you split up and put into your plastic bags for your bundles that you sell. You got to put that money aside. And then with the remaining money, then you have to pay yourself first, meaning put a little bit of that money into savings and then decide I'm just going to take about 20% of it. Maybe I'll just take about $5 and use that for just frivolous spending, whatever I want to do throughout the rest of the week. And really in his case, it was really for the rest of that day because he was making bank every day. You see, So that's what I mean when I say Allow your children, or put them into positions where they have to—they're able to make their own money—and allow them make, hold them accountable. He came to us after he realized that he didn't know his numbers. He didn't listen to his mama. That's what they—these teenagers do. You just chose not to listen to his mama. He didn't go through his numbers. He didn't put that money to the side. And then I found out through the grapevine that he was asking his daddy to buy him some candy. No, no, sir, my brother. That daddy <laughs> money is my money. <laughs> right. You're gonna have to come up with that on your own, or I will loan you the money and you have to pay me my money back because mm-hmm. you make it, right? And so that helped him. He finally came to me. Okay, Ma, can you help me figure out my numbers? Because I think I'm doing it right, but I don't want to mess around and not uh end up short next week. So I hope that answers your question. Well,
1: that, no, that totally answered my question. And as I was about to say to you, cause I was the kid that would have took the $10 and bought my lunch every day and yeah. then tried to find a side hustle, which I did. So I remember going to my, I was, I was terrible. I remember going to my dad and I was like probably 13 saying, can I get more than $5 a week for allowance? He said, no. And I'm like, yeah. but I'm like 13 about to turn 14. He said, no. And I'm like, Everybody else gets like $20. No. And I'm yeah. like, what am I supposed to do? And he goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. so yeah. I ended up, you know, asking neighbors, can I sweep your leaves from the front of your house and clean up out to get the snow, whatever I need to do. And they were like, well, how old are you? Cause I always look like a little, a little younger than I did. They were like, are you like eight? I'm like, no, I'm like 14. <laughs> I'm to be 14. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I had my little side hustles and that's how I made, my extra money. But yeah, I, I understand. And, and, that, and it's really important, like you said, to know your numbers. But um, are we talking about financial literacy here or is it something bigger, something more? Because it has to be something that's going to take us to that millionaire stage, right?
0: Well, I think it's it, you're talking about a combination of things. So mm-hmm. the what we really are talking about at the heart, we're talking about mindset development, right? right. Because the thing is, just think about it. Most mm-hmm. of us don't even want to do the uh, learning part of de- to develop financial literacy. Most of us don't. We don't mm-hmm. want to read a book. We don't want to listen to those podcasts that talk about it. We don't really want to do that, right? <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't want to do it because we already have this mindset that is too difficult or is boring. The language is is boring. It doesn't. It's not in a it doesn't come across in a way that's entertaining because we're used to uh, entertainment. We prefer being entertained versus educated. Right. And so there's a whole big process of mindset development that really has to take place before we'll be more open and receptive to all there is in the way of financial literacy. So Mm -hmm. that's what we that's what we aim to, to to really hit home with. We we like to say that we create at Raising Black Millionaires infotainment products because the stuff that we do is very entertaining. Uh, but but before you realize it, you've been hit with some life changing knowledge when you hear Millionaire X talk about um, the practices that he or she did when they were younger to uh, to make their millions, right? So mm-hmm. we're really talking about mindset development. Uh, I would say more so than financial literacy, but the financial literacy is definitely a key piece.
1: Okay. Okay. So, and how young can we start? Like, can we start when they can talk? When, I mean, how, how young are we talking? I mean, Absolutely. it makes sense for teens, but.
0: Absolutely. Because we, mm-hmm. I think that we have to understand the mm-hmm. fact that our children, especially these days, they kind of come out the womb, knowing how to manage and manipulate technology right they come out already bobbing mm-hmm. their heads a little bit to some of this music <laughs> and if they can do all of that then please understand that they are paying attention big attention to the things that we are consuming my daughter my youngest out of all of my children um she she is so used to listening to podcasts or audio more so than my older children are, that it's just a part of who she is. It's just a part of her experience because with my older children, we weren't on that. Not when, not when, not when uh, they were her age. Right. And she sits. Right. And so we are seeing with them over the course of the past several years, we've had to take a different approach, right? We have some stuff, we kind of have to force feed them a little bit. Some stuff we have to be really creative, like with my youngest son that I mentioned to you with hip, something that he came up with. It was his personal entrepreneurial interest. And we were able to impart some of these very key uh, concepts to him in that way, as opposed to my six-year-old, she's getting it because she's seeing it in her everyday living experience, some kind of way. So yeah, you can get right. it to them in many different ways um, as early as they can. They start looking at you.
1: <laughs> I, I, I agree, and I believe what you said was really important. Like I remember my mom and dad paying their bills on, on every two weeks as well, and having um, them stacked on the dining room table. I don't know what it was about the table, but the dining room table, and they would do their bills, and they had perfect credit, and. Um, and they were good. I don't know why I was that way, So, but they were great at it. And they everybody had the bill drawer, you know, the bill drawer. They had all the bills. So my mom, I think she kept bills for like 25 years. It's like she had like bills that she paid. So she had a record of it. She would write on them when she paid them and how much she paid in a check number. She just kept meticulous records. But I just wasn't I was not that kid. So I, I don't know why. But I also didn't have any role models as entrepreneurs. So I don't know where I got that from either. But, um, you know, well, I think
0: if I can just, just mention mm-hmm. something, I think that you're really speaking to the importance of um, really making sure that our children and our personal environments are really filled with not just um, examples that we see in just our parents, but examples from other people, mm-hmm. as well as things are not just understood but conversed about, right? My daddy never, the only thing he ever told me about money was pay yourself first. Mm -hmm. Other than that and the lunch money situation, he never told me anything about money. So even though he had told me to pay myself first and I saw him responsibly paying his bills, I picked up that habit of, managing or balancing a checkbook and paying being conscious about making sure that I take care of my responsibilities. But it took me a long time to get that whole pay yourself first piece. It's yeah, that's a- hard sometimes.
1: Yeah. Especially oh. when you feel the responsibility. It's really difficult, but I get that. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Cause I rather I rather deal with this is this is this was the mindset that I was coming from. I rather relieve myself of the pressure of owing somebody Mm -hmm. And to have the money for whatever I may need in the future um, and just pay it to myself as opposed to uh, setting up an arrangement some kind of way for them to wait a minute longer and get that to them in a responsible time, but not in a way that jeopardizes me paying myself first. But all of that could have been, I could have gotten over that a lot better if we had had regular conversations about Different things about money um, or uh, money management in general, and so that's the reason why we encourage parents to turn your your radio dial or put on a podcast like your podcast when you're in your daily commutes, or um, to sit down at the dinner table and talk about what you may have listened to in that that during that commute so that it can become a regular part of the conversation. It can stay in the forefront of the minds of the family, right? We have a, um, a training video that's called household income review. We where in that video. I use an old, uh, budget worksheet for my family. When we were only bringing in $20,000 a year, $20,000 a year with With a fam for a family of six, with four Uh of my five minor children at home, where they do that a lot, right? Right. right. (laughs) And so it was, uh, but I I made sure that I used that that budget spreadsheet so that we could understand that it's very possible. It's very possible to to train our children to not only. Um, be responsible as it comes, as it relates to money, but to not be afraid to talk about it. Like we have issues because we're so afraid to talk about it because we don't Mm -hmm. want to feel embarrassed when it comes to talking about how little we actually bring in with our children, right? We don't want to feel ashamed of that. Um, We have all kinds of cultural preconceived notions that we just really have to get over ourselves and get, get out of. In general. So the bottom line is if we just allow ourselves as a community, or just start with your family, just the people in your household, to just simply talk about money more, then what you'll do is cause a paradigm shift just within your family. But the mm-hmm. beautiful thing is your children will grow and become adults, and they'll have children, <laughs> and they'll have started that whole generational paradigm shift that started with you.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me ask you what you think about those. Um, I've seen them credit cards for children uh, where you it's basically their allowance on a credit card to teach them how to manage that. What do you think about that?
0: So I have I have not looked into those um, considerably. I, it's it's funny because I have that on my list of things to really look into. Um, so I'm not sure how I feel about those. I can tell you that I think that it's hugely important for our children to have their own accounts, right? Um, And really understand, have the conversations with them about debit cards, checking accounts, savings accounts, and credit card accounts to actually just have those conversations. And even if you don't get them a card in that way, right? Making sure that you connect with them on some tangible level where it becomes real to them and that they understand, okay, when you're dealing with credit, you're not just dealing with the money that you borrow. (laughs) You're dealing with the money that you borrow plus interest and helping them to understand really what that means, how a $50 bill or for little children, if you're dealing with smaller numbers, how a five dollar bill can turn into a twenty dollar bill because of mm-hmm. interest, right? And so yeah. I, I think I don't about that specific thing. I don't I don't know how I feel about it yet, um, but I definitely think that uh, we it's something it's a conversation that needs to be had regularly.
1: Right. Right. I've seen parents add their um, child or I say child, but they were almost adults on their credit cards. Yeah. There are actual credit cards to help establish their credit before they graduated high school. So w- they went off to college with established credit. And yeah. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, and I've also seen parents who give stock uh, certificates for um, their favorite things like Disney, et cetera, to their children. Um, in addition to a tangible birthday gift, which I think is awesome. They even have places online. You can get stock really easily as a gift. Um, and I was using Robinhood for a while to manage to, to buy stock because I didn't need a middleman. Robinhood yeah. is an app. Um, yeah. And I had to learn about stocks that way because I never knew, you know, I have an MBA, but I never really dealt with stocks, you know? Um, stock? yeah. yeah. And also birthday gifts, like um, I saw on online, a uh, mom financed her, uh, her daughter's business, gave her a business yeah. for her birthday, basically. started off small and, and she had to grow it. Yeah. So I think those are all good ideas, right? I mean, for parents to help them hit that millionaire status. Um, now, how old are your children?
0: So we have 25, uh, 16, he'll be 17 in less than two weeks. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, then we have 15, 15, and 6.
1: Now, now have you hit the
0: millionaire status or any of your children so far? Have they or, or Are they on their way? They we're on our way. That's that that was one oh of God. the inspirations behind our millionaire in the making tea. <laughs> we are okay. on our way.
1: <laughs> millionaire in the making. I love that. And yes. that's a t shirt you guys sell. That's awesome. I it though?
0: is. It is. <laughs> uh, and see, I and I'm glad you asked that question because listen, I'm gonna tell you, Janice, when I first started this work, I started interviewing black millionaires to help me and my husband to raise our children to be black millionaires. Like we, we just wanted to know what we were not teaching our children that these millionaires had been taught. Cause we realized that whatever they had been taught, we hadn't been taught. And so I had been exposed to millionaires who were younger than me, who were my same age and who were considerably older than me. And I needed to know, like when it when I looked in the room of the conference that I went to and I saw all of these affluent people who look like me, (laughs) this beautiful black skin of various different shades. And I knew that they were doing extremely well in various different industries. I needed to know what's the secret sauce. I needed to know because at that time I was a struggling entrepreneur. And I knew that what I was working on, I wanted to build an empire for my family. And I needed to make sure that I was giving my children the tools that they needed so that they would not mess the empire up. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. (laughs) And and so that's how we began. It began um, as a a very selfish ambition uh, or mission. And once I got that first nugget of information, It clicked immediately. I cannot hold this to myself. I have to share this with people in general. Yeah.
1: That's what we all need to do more. We need to share. We need to share resources and advice and uh, lessons learned. And so we can all um, learn by by talking to each other and listening instead of the hard way. Now, I wanted you to tell us, we're running out of time, but I want you to tell us about your flashcards. And if you have them there, please show them because I think those are brilliant. And everyone should have those. These are great Christmas gifts. Look how, that, look how that's packaged. That's so beautiful. But um, it is. You did a really great job with that. Thank and you. I think that would make a great Christmas present and birthday presents for upcoming birthday parties that you're going to. Can you pull out a couple of them and just show us a couple of the millionaires yes, that you featured absolutely. and how you did it? Absolutely. So I don't know how you came up with this idea, but this is this is my
0: favorite. Well, we came, <laughs> we came up with the idea because we wanted to be able to do just like we we've been talking about right we wanted to change the uh narrative and the imagery of our our people we wanted to make sure that our children um have um have solid imagery of successfully wealthy black people in business not in entertainment not in sports Ah. We we wanted our people to know that we have thousands of black millionaires thousands of black millionaires in this country alone who who are just making impactful moves in their various different industries that is generating for them millions and some of them billions of dollars for their companies so um, just to briefly explain to you the the, the deck of cards, each this is volume one of the Raising Black Millionaires flashcards, and in this deck, we have 52 uh black millionaires in this deck. There are no billionaires in this specific deck, but uh no, I take that back. There's one billionaire in this deck. Um, we have in on the front of the card, you will see. The name of the, I know this light is. a little
1: glaring, but that's okay. We got it, we can see We have the
0: name of the uh, millionaire. We have their title and the name of their company. And then we have their Uh social media handles and their websites for their companies, right? And then on the back of the cards, we have a brief bio that gives you some information about who they are, their careers. And then we also have on there, their educational background, if they even went to school. Right. Because some of them didn't. And then we have on there um, any honors that they they've received, any awards they've received um, and uh, organizations that they are uh, members of or their favorite charities or Um, or where they are board members of, right? Oh, wow. As well as if they have any products or books, any services that um, the public can actually uh, purchase, you know, the links to those sites. So we wanted to make sure that these cards were something that would give, at the top of each week, give you just enough information to inspire you and your children to go online and research these people, so that you could at the every week you could be introduced to a new millionaire. You can go onto YouTube. You can go onto Google, find some type of uh, talk that they've done, some type of interview that they've done, um, some type of accomplishments, or follow them on their social media platforms in real time and see what kind of projects they're into. So that our br- our minds can become more expanded, because most of us don't know millionaires.
1: Sure don't. <laughs> it's like, and right. I know I know one. I think I know one, and maybe like personally, but that's that's about it. But yeah, and you know, and it's a shame because even at this stage of my life, and I see I've, only because I've seen this one that I know it can be real. There was a point in my twenties I was thinking it's a facade. Ain't nobody got that much money. They are mm. lying. You know, I really had that in my head like this facade. I don't know why I'm trying to reach for this. This is not going to happen because, you know, the people really are faking. But, you know, here and then I got to know one and I'm like, huh, I can't even fathom how (laughs) this much money. But it happens, it's out there. So it's, it's good. And if I'm thinking that as an adult, imagine what our kids are thinking when they're seeing all these negative images on television. So tell me, how to get these cards? Are they available on Amazon? Do we have to go through your website? How do we get these flashcards that are really well done and awesome? And I highly recommend for our parents.
0: Well, they, they are not on Amazon. We are, okay. for these cards, we are really intentional about controlling the distribution of the cards. Um, yeah. And so <laughs> <laughs> you, you appreciate that. <laughs> um, but we... Uh, or they are available on raisingblackmillionaires.com uh, on our website. But you can also go to uh, the bit link uh, that I'll also send to you. I can uh, send it I to you. I have
1: it up on the screen already. It's, oh. bit, it's bit.ly, the bit.ly, and RBM flashcards one. Yep. So I had to go research that because I was like, I got to get mine tonight because I'm going <laughs> to use them for me, first of all, because I want to know, because I don't know. Well,
0: I'm going to tell you, when I went to go get a sample uh, deck printed, I went to I specifically went to a black printer. Right. And when I got there to pick up the cards, the lady said, Miss Muhammad, I just want you to know that when I was printing these cards, I kind of looked at the cards and I didn't know there was so many black millionaires. I didn't know we had had so many. I said, sister. That's the point. <laughs> that is right. the point. We we not only have those fifty two that are in that deck, we have thousands of them. Thousands. Fantastic. fantastic. And friends. I'm going to need you
1: after the show to share with me share with me your resource for the black printer, so we can also give them some business. So let's make sure we do that before we you know either email it to me or whatever. But after the show. So fantastic. Now that is fantastic. We don't know. I don't, I guess I don't know, but as we got, we're running out of time. I could talk to you all day. I just feel like, um, I've known you for a while. You have that kind of personality anyway. So, but I want you, if there's, um, any tips, hacks or anything you can give our parents that you haven't said so far to help them with their children so that they can, um, you know, thrive, not just survive. Cause that's our whole thing. We want our parents to thrive. What yeah. would that, what would that be?
0: Well, I think that, uh, You kind of hit on it a little bit. If we can become intentional about exposing our children to um, environments and people who are outside of our normal, everyday, immediate environments and experiences, then we will open up our children's worlds and minds to something uh, beyond what we've ever imagined. If you think about it a lot of us go to college and encourage children to go to college because during college we are introduced to so many different people from so many different backgrounds. We get to do travel, um, whether it's internationally while we're in some type of program or just to our campus. And that's maybe 50 miles from where our hometown is, but it broadens our perspective, right? So if we can just become intentional about doing that for our children, what we'll realize is that we're really doing ourselves a, a great service, right? And then with that, if we can take on the the, the the perspective of becoming students with our children, instead of having to be the parent who knows it all, right? If we could do that and become okay and comfortable with learning with our children, we'll find that it's a far more enjoyable experience. I'm going to tell you, when we started the research on some of these people, it was so fun doing this and going over some of these things with my daughter. We started putting them in, by the way, these are a four by six flashcard because we wanted to make sure that they were of a size that you could put it in a four by six frame. And what I did with my daughter was we started framing the, the flashcards and created a wall of black excellence in our home. So wow. every day she's exposed to black excellence. Just think That's of what that does to a child at such a yes. young age. So now she knows there's an absolute she knows. She doesn't think it's not theory that she can do anything or become anything she wants. She knows that she can become anything she fathoms. And that's what we want to do.
1: That is so powerful. And I'm just going to say yes again, because that was so when you said that was like, yes, to see it every day that just feeds your soul. Yes. And it drives you forward. So that is awesome that she has a wall of like excellence. That's amazing. So we had a uh, comment. Um, as a financial advisor, he recommends establishing an LLC for your child. Do you recommend this as well? And if so, could you discuss the benefits? Now, I've, I know celebrities have, like Beyonce, they not only buy the URL of their child's name, especially if it's unique, but they also trademark their names, get the LLC or incorporate their names. They do everything with their names. Is, is that something that you recommend that that parents do if
0: they can do it? Absolutely, and listen—it's it, not a question of whether or not you can do it. You can do it. It, it doesn't—it it, it doesn't cost much, if anything, to file an LLC. You may be able to file an LLC for what, maybe a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. So it's—it's it's nothing to file an LLC. I absolutely encourage that. I I recommend consulting, and this is the part that we get scared about because we see that it may cost us something to consult with a professional, right? Uh, with perhaps a CPA but listen I you you can you can start an LLC for your child just like the concept that you mentioned uh about we used to call it piggybacking where you put your child on one of your credit card accounts don't put your child on a credit card account you got this jacked up though don't do that oh, Yeah. yeah <laughs> no. get
1: credit get credit We're get credit play the game it's the game of life. You got to play the game right or you're going to lose. So that's the, part of the game. The
0: reality is there are other communities that have been doing that for forever since they started, since they created credit. They've been doing that forever. And they've also been opening up companies and putting their children's names on those companies, right? And so we want to make sure it, the whole objective is positioning them for to win. That's what we're, That's really what we're talking about. We are trying to position our children to win. And that establishing a business for them um, is a big part of that. Now, I do want to mention, though, it's absolutely imperative that we give them the tools, even if we're in a situation where we don't have them ourselves, be intentional about learning about the necessary tools to make the business a success and expose our children, have them with you right at the same time. I don't know if you know of Gabby Bowles. Have you ever heard of Gabby Bowles? The, um, the barrette that doesn't come off. You don't lose the barrette. Yes,
1: Yes, I do. I was like, I know that sounds familiar. Yes. They have
0: the good ones are beautiful people, right? We were in a mastermind together and, um, When I talked to Rosalind, the mom of Gabby, she talked about the process. You actually can hear my conversation with her on the Raising Black Millionaires podcast. But she talked about the process of creating that bow after being frustrated about her her, about Gabby losing all of her barrettes and talking about how she had no idea how she was going to design a barrette. They had no idea right? Mm-hmm. And how her daughter kept on her every single day. Ma, have we figured out a, a design that's going to work yet? Ma, have we talked to the prototype developer? Ma, ma, wow. ma, ma. She had her mm-hmm. daughter with her along the entire process as she doodled on a piece of paper to figure out what kind of design she could send over to the... She's not an artist. That is not her, her, her area at all. <laughs> and so, but she went through that process that she had no clue about, and so the bottom line is, it's imperative that we become intentional about beginning these processes with our children.
1: I, I agree with that, and I think you know, Gabby is very uh, special person because to sit there and and stay, uh, you know, committed and follow up with your mom on a regular basis yeah. is is really really something unique. We don't see that too often in, in children. But yes, the LLC, even just getting in a name, letting them figure out what kind of business they want to do later. I think just to have it and guys, URLs don't cost that much. You can get a URL on self for five dollars and get their name, especially if your child has a unique name. I highly suggest you doing that because they can have a, an umbrella company yeah. under their name. And then all any other business they want to create can go under that umbrella parent company. So always get their name and buy it for years. You can buy a URL for years. Don't do anything with it. You don't have to have a website. You just buy it and keep it so no one else can buy it. Because what happens is if someone else decides to buy that, years from now, they can charge you anywhere like $5,000, $2,500. They'll that, that charge you for the, to get your own name back. Yep. So it's best to own that right from birth. If you know your child, whatever your child's name, buy it. Um, so that's pretty much. I, you know, I could sit here and talk about this for hours and hours and hours. And I would love to have you back again to tell us, you know, more. Um, so, but I have to end the show because we went way over time, which we always do. It seems like, but we're not the news, My so fault. you know, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I want to thank you, Thea, for coming on our show. I really, really uh, loved having you here.
0: Thank you, sis. I appreciate. No, I I need you to know for sure how much <laughs> I appreciate the work that you're doing um, with. Black parenting and um, the the commitment, right? Because so many of us get into these labors of love for our people that you know they 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 we don't see a return on <laughs> on them mm-hmm. for either a long time or never, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I appreciate you uh, for understanding the value of. Uh, Being being a big part of uh, black media and controlling that and controlling the imagery and the resources that we get to our people. I I deeply appreciate you. I've I've wanted to be um, uh, connect with black parenting for a very long time, believe it or not. Uh, So I'm really glad that you reached out to us and I'm grateful that you had had us on
1: well i i love this whole conversation and this is like my goal my goal as a parent was to have my children do better than i did yeah and for the most part they have you know yeah. so um that you mm-hmm. know that's that's that was it Yeah. and so this is all part of that well i just want to tell everybody if you missed part of the show no worries and this is a good one all of them are but this is really a good one you can just wait a few minutes and click the replay of this podcast Share it with anyone who needs to hear it. And let's get the word out. Now, <clears throat> Our next episode is tomorrow, November 2nd, at 11 a.m. Uh, and it will be, that's a that's Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Um, so it's about alternative ways to celebrate Thanksgiving with your family. So if you're feeling some kind of way about celebrating pilgrims and the mass slaughtering of indigenous brown people, you might want to listen to this podcast, because we're going to be talking about new traditions you can incorporate Because, you know, when we go and we celebrate Thanksgiving, we're not thinking about those pilgrims. We're thinking about celebrating good times with family and making memories. And that's really what it should lead to because of the history. But we'll talk about that more tomorrow. Um, You'll see a post for that broadcast on our Facebook page at Black Parenting One be sure to tag any friends in the post and be sure to hit the get reminder button. That's that little star. So you don't forget to tune in. That's really important because you get busy in life and you'll forget. Um, You can always ask the questions live in the chat on our Facebook comment section like they did today. And if your question gets picked, I'll ask uh, that you ask, I will post it live on air. One more thing. Don't forget to follow us too on Twitter and Facebook at black parenting. One Instagram, we're at black parenting magazine. Our website is SuccessfulBlackParenting.com and it's full of good content to help you thrive and not just survive as a parent. Um, We also, if you're listening to this internationally, we're also at SuccessfulBlackParenting.uk if you're over there across the pond and we're trying to expand even more with offices around the world so that we can have a website and our content available around the world. So be sure to rate our podcast and until next time, Take care of yourself because you never know when the world will need you. All right, guys, have a great night, and I will see you tomorrow morning. Bye bye.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine. We'll see you soon.